Hi, and welcome to Hack Your Brain with Meditation. My name is Josh Bashinsky. I've been meditating for over 20 years. I have a master's degree and PhD ABD in neuroscience, psychology, and philosophy. I have a TED Talk called The Future of Google Search and Ethics. I also have three black belts, and I've been doing internal Asian-based martial arts for 30 years. And I'm going to show you the secrets I have learned and the amazing ways we can hack our brain through meditation. Last week, we covered some basic concepts. If you haven't seen that course, you might want to take a quick look. This week, we are going to dive into more interesting meditation concepts. And also, of course, I will offer you a meditation lesson at the end. So the first thing we need to talk about is who's going to benefit from meditation. I'd say that the entire world would benefit from meditation. The world needs to learn how to meditate. The world is too angry, too hateful, not mindful enough, not soulful enough. And I feel that meditation is one of the missing key components in reaching enlightenment and what the world needs to reach an enlightened state. Even if the world could get a little bit more enlightened, it would be highly beneficial for everybody on the planet. You might be asking, should I do meditation? Will I benefit from meditation? Well, you would benefit from meditation if you wish to be more soulful, if you wish to be more deep, if you wish to understand things more, understand things better, feel things more, feel things better. If you wish to be mindful of your emotions, maybe there's some emotions that are causing troubles for you. Maybe there's some emotions that are uh, firing too much. Maybe there's some emotion that's firing too little. Maybe you're possessed, or maybe you are afflicted by nihilism. Perhaps nothing matters to you, or not enough matters to you. That is equally as much of a problem as feeling too much emotions, and things matter too much. Meditation will provide the balance. Meditation will provide a cohesive way for them all to fit together, and that fabric to feel uh, wonderful for the sweet sentiment of existence to come through and you have a deeper and more profound life and experience of it. And meditation will also help you contemplate. Another word for meditation is contemplation. And the more Western aspect of meditation has been contemplation and prayer. Now, we're not going to be doing any praying, and this show is completely non-denominational. If I ever mention the divine, really I mean the sublime, the, the perfect concepts, the, the long-lasting concepts. So please don't be turned off by my use of the word divine. It, really, the show is completely non-denominational. It plugs into whatever religious views you have whatsoever. This show will plug into that perfectly, even if you don't have any religious views. So it really is quite good, and it's going to... Uh, plug into whatever emotional system you have. Meditation is going to help you become more contemplative. It's going to help you have a deeper understanding of, of your concepts and the concepts that are important. A very important concept, in fact, which you probably have heard of, but you've never studied enough and you've never thought about enough. And it's going to bring such a different, a profound difference to your life that you're going to be amazed of the difference before this course and after. And the question is, how does philosophy fit into meditation? Well, philosophy is 
more of a Western word, but of course the East has philosophy as well. Philosophy comes from two Greek words, philia and sophos. Philia means a friendship kind of appreciation and ardent love. The kind of love you feel for your best friend, if you have a best friend, I hope, or at least yourself. The kind of love you feel for that kind of best friend is the kind of love that they're talking about in philosophy. So not an erotic love, not a lust for, not a longing for, and not a desire to dominate or be uh, dominated by, but more of a friendship love, a love of wanting to be close to it, be in relation to it, be near it, and just be, be there with it. And Sophos is the root word for the female name Sophia, for example, and it means wisdom. And what did the Greeks mean by that? Well, very, <laughs> they wrote tomes and tomes on it, but very, very quickly, because it's important for meditation, is a balanced understanding of uh, true justified beliefs, of knowledge of the good. It's, you can say you're wise in the way of computers, or he's very wise in the ways of video games, and that is a kind of wisdom which may or may not be beneficial to you in your particular circumstance. But that's not the kind of wisdom the Greeks were talking about. The kind of wisdom they're talking about is wisdom, capital W, wisdom. The kind of wisdom of the important life stuff that quite often that we are not wise of until we get too old. And then when we're too old, we're too old to do anything about it. So I want to bring some of that wisdom to you from this, see these gray hairs from this old man and bring it, or, or aging man anyway, and bring that to you sooner, faster, better. And that's what this course is about, hacking our brains through meditation to make things gooder, sooner, faster, better. I couldn't think of a better motto right there, other than it's not very good English. Finally, the last question we'll talk about, and then we're going to get into actual lessons, is how does martial arts fit into meditation? A lot of people ask me about my martial arts practices, but there will be absolutely no martial arts practices in this course. This is just for meditation. But in the... Martial arts that I've done, there's been more Zen methods. There's been more uh, methods that will increase your physical prowess, that will improve your physical prowess, that will allow you to cope with your fear, allow you to cope with your anger, allow you to, allow you to cope with your aggression, and focus that in uh, directed physical ways. And I've, I'm going to use a lot of those concepts I've learned there in a general meditation for us to become more, mind, more mindful, become more soulful, and to have, uh, as I just said, make things gooder, faster, better, to reach enlightenment. So don't worry, I won't have you doing karate kicks off the, off the roof, uh, not in this course anyway, but uh, I will, and I have learned many secrets there, more Zen Buddhist secrets, um, coming more from a Japanese method, I suspect, although I learned it from a Chinese frame. I am able to bring a lot of those secrets in here, and there's some amazing secrets there. And usually, you'll know when I'm doing more of that kind of meditation, when I start to bring the hands in and start moving around in kind of a Tai Chi pose, and there's uh, kind of a trying to generate... Uh, Manipulate the emotions and the feelings here with the hands. And I have to admit, with my 30 years of martial arts background, I do fall into that quite a bit. You don't have to if you don't want to. You could just sit there with your 
hands in your lap or across here or wherever is comfortable for you, and you can just follow along with the lesson. Or you can follow along with the hands. It's totally up to you. Just be careful if your eyes are closed not to hit the mic or hit a person walking by or hit your screen. Of course, be, be mindful of your environment as well. Okay, so let's get right to the meditation lesson. Last week, we talked about very interesting methods, uh, which was introduced to me called a, a Buddhist mind frame, which was called spin the cloud or tear the cloud, break the cloud. And again, I'll go over that lesson very quickly of what it is. And, and instead of explaining it, we'll, we'll go through it quickly, and then I'll give you the new lesson afterwards. So I wish for you to feel where your emotions are in your body. Feel where your feelings are in your body. Feel everything you're feeling. Become cognizant of all that you're feeling. Think, where is it in my body? Is it even in my body? I kind of feel my emotions here about a few inches in front of my chest, in front of my heart is where I feel it. If I imagined where I'm feeling my emotions, where I feel the fear, where I feel the love, where I feel different emotions, you might be similar. And I want you to feel how your entire body feels. I want you to feel every little part of it. Uh, I hope it's not too uncomfortable to do so if you're in a very negative state. And then I want you to imagine or to feel which way is it moving? Is it spinning on an axis? Is it swirling? Is it bubbling up like out of a beaker and coming down the sides? Is it swirling in and out like a Mobius strip? It could be moving in any of those ways. And if it's not moving in any way, I want you to imagine it moving. I want you to feel a four-dimensional movement in your feelings. I want you to will it. I want you to feel that it's moving in that direction. Imagine it's moving in that direction. Right now, for me, the emotions are swirling this way, in and out. And they're going to change. They'll move around on their own. That's fine. Let them. And once you finally have that feeling of how everything feels and the emotions, this is the key component. You need to consciously feel them moving in the other way. You need to consciously break those feelings. You need to consciously break the movement of those feelings. You can use hand gestures if you want. You need to consciously feel the, the movement stopping and going the other direction or breaking that direction. And then for me, for a very nervous mind, I need to break them again and break them again and break them again and break them again and break them down into a trillion little tiny dust pieces and keep doing that. Keep f imagining and feeling how the, the motions, the movement of the motions are getting broken and shattered and moving around and torn up and torn again and torn again and torn again. It might cause a emotional reaction, a, uh, an emotional switch reaction, like you just saw in my yawn. Yawning is a good thing. Yawning is one of the ways to know that this is working, that it's taking your agitation levels and bringing them down, which is the whole point of that Buddhist exercise is to take your agitation levels and to move them down some way so that your agitation decreases over time and that your nervousness decreases over time and that the emotions break and the emotions swirl and they break again and they decompose and they break until a relaxation can start to funnel through and come through into your feeling, into your being. 
So yawning is a common signal for mammals. Hopefully when I yawn, you'll yawn. And when you yawn, other people will yawn. That is uh, fascinating. I could spend a whole course talking about just that concept. Uh, but I want to move on to our next lesson. But if you're yawning, that's a good thing. Tearing, eyes welling up is also a good thing. I'll explain why uh, in future courses. But it's fascinating and wonderful and such an incredible brain hack. Uh, and uh, also gurgling, your parasympathetic nervous system uh, firing up, your heart rate lowering, your breath deepening and lowering, uh, your body gurgling and wanting to process. Uh, that, those are all wonderful signs and signs of progress and success. So don't stifle a yawn if you're going to feel it. In fact, I want you to feel the yawn. I want you to yawn bigger. I want you to feel the yawn and yawn as much as possible. And never stifle a yawn and always let it come out like that. Great. So please continue. That's wonderful. You're doing very good. Excellent job. Continue on with the uh, spitting the cloud and breaking and turning the cloud. It takes practice. For me, it was a very alien thing to do to start. But some genius Buddhist monk thought that up in the last 5,000 years of Buddhism. And that is a key component to hacking our brain and what we're going to be doing here. Here's another key component. And this one comes from the Western tradition. So I've been talking a lot about the Eastern tradition, and that's quite uh, popular these days for, for meditation. But the Western tradition has had a tradition of meditation and contemplation, oh, ever since Egypt existed, <laughs> ever since the Greeks existed, ever since the, the Hebrews, ancient Hebrews existed. So since the dawn of time, really. <laughs> And they have a different way of looking at it and doing it. And uh, their incredible secrets I've also encapsulated. And I'm going to just boil it down to uh, two or three concepts today. And it's more about contemplation than meditation, uh, largely. Even though uh, Descartes, uh, René Descartes called it meditation. So that's how it's translated from the Latin, I believe he wrote in. And uh, uh, the meditative method, but the meditative method is uh, isolation and contemplation. Now, I'm not suggesting you isolate yourselves, and of course I want you, unless you're doing so because of the coronavirus currently right now, when I record this. Uh, please continue to do that if that's what the healthcare professionals are telling you to do. Please do not stop doing anything any healthcare professional has told you to do because I said something different. Keep following your doctors. They outrank me, for sure. But I still want to show you how to hack your brain, some secrets of how to do it. Nothing I say here should actually get in the way of that in any way I can imagine. Don't stop taking your medicine. Don't stop going to see your therapist. If you're doing those two things, definitely keep doing it. Meditation is going to help that, and you really are going to have a powerful system to fight whatever you're fighting. And the last method we're going to do today is from more of the Western methods. It's from the Platonic tradition. Um, it's from the Sufi tradition. It's very interesting secrets that the West have come up with. The West have been meditating since the early Hebrews, uh, 5,000 years ago at least, if not much, much earlier. But they had a slightly different way of looking at it. It's more about contemplation than, than closed-eye meditation. It's more about something as opposed to nothing. And by putting these two systems together, the Eastern and Western, we come up with very, very powerful ways to hack our brain. So let's look at the Western side of the coin. Uh, 
And in my opinion, in meditation, there are two sides of the coin. There's the Eastern and the Western. And you have to have the Western side and the Eastern side. If you don't have both the Western side and the Eastern side for meditation, then you need to have good meditation. And good meditation has both the Western side and the Eastern side. So the West, uh, there's three concepts we'll focus on and introduce today that I think are paramount for meditation. And the first one is excitement or enthusiasm. The second is gratitude. And the third is the good. Now, neuroscience, which is arguably just an extension of philosophy, at least historically it certainly is, uh, an extension of natural philosophy. Neuroscience has discovered and proven that the concept of gratitude can definitely help adopting the concept of gratitude, can definitely help uh, people suffering with a number of emotional maladies. In particular, this one, though, was anxiety. And I know why this is, and I'll explain it fully on the show. And the concept of excitement, uh, there's been TED Talks done on this, and changing your excitement as opposed to your agitation level of your limbic system, are yours and mine, sadly, because I suffer from anxiety as well, our limbic systems are programmed to have an eight-lane highway to negative town. And anytime we get agitated, it's going to make a fight-or-flight or freeze decision, and it decides things are bad, and it wants to go to negative town. Where there's a single-lane highway going to good town, and we need to make the single-lane highway to good town bigger and the eight-lane freeway to bad town smaller through meditation. And how do we do it? One of the ways, the Western way, of adding to this or, or manipulating this particular uh, point in the whole spread of what causes anxiety is to be excited or enthused for good things. We're not nervous about our interview. We're pumped for the interview. And it's a fake-it-till-you-make-it uh, strategy, and it works. And science has proven that the faking-it-till-you-make-it smiling works as well. We're not ex we're not, it's, it's all about branding. Uh, you know, Sun Tzu talked about this as well in The Art of War. It's about believing in the ultimate righteousness of your cause. It's all about branding. We're not, we're not worried about the interview. We're pumped for the interview. We're not worried about what's going to happen. We're pumped for what's going to happen. We're excited for today. We're pumped for today. And uh, that takes the agitation levels and starts to trick the brain. We are? We're, we're pumped? Okay. And then the brain starts moving over to good town as opposed to always being like it's bad, it's terrible. Any stimulation automatically goes to bad town. We need to start moving uh, by branding things for ourselves and contemplating these concepts of enthusiasm and being excited for the good, for good things. We are going to start moving it to being over to be good town, to be excited about good things. The concept of enthusiasm is similar, but it's uh, when you're not feeling excited at all, you can still be enthused. You can have enthusiasm. That is to say, you could be into good things. And we have enthusiasm for the good which is the last concept, which is the most important one, which I'll explain in a second. We have enthusiasm for the good. The old Greek word for enthusiasm is uh, enthusmos. It's also in being infused of the divine concepts, being uh, possessed by the divine concepts. So when we have enthusiasm in that fully meditative sense, we are enthused for good things to happen. We have enthusiasm for good things to happen. We have enthusiasm for the good generally speaking. We have enthusiasm for the good as a concept, generally speaking, that the good is going to happen. The good is going to happen to you. The good is a concept that's going to lighten your life, and you're going to feel that good stuff in 
coming into your, your being. The next one, which also has been proven by neuroscience, is gratitude. Uh, they proved that if you could adopt an attitude of gratitude, uh, wordplay fully intended, you will be able to have a profound effect on your anxiety. And I know the reason why, it's, it's pretty much what I've just said, that the only way you can feel gratitude is that if you think things are good and you're thankful for it being good. Gratitude is being thankful for things being good. And if you can convince yourself things are good, then you're not on the eight-lane highway to negative town. You're on the one-lane freeway to good town. And that's what we need to be doing. Regularly balanced limbic system people who can regularly feel carthesis, uh, which is Aristotle's word for the, uh, the rush of good feelings you get when you're done a horror movie, and you know that it's fake and false and it's not real and you're safe, or when you wake up from a bad dream. Also, where you can appraise things, to use the psychological vernacular, are not bad, they're good. They have a four-lane freeway to both towns, and it could go either way, right? It depends on what they, what they judge. Is it good or bad? I see a bear. Oh, but it turned around and went the other way. Oh, okay. Things are oh, kind of okay for now. Hopefully it doesn't turn around or something like that. As opposed to someone with anxiety sees a bear, even if it's walking away, it's a mile away, uh, you know, negative town, right? Boom. It's that limbic appraisal that we need to adjust and that we're going to try to adjust through these meditative practices. So gratitude is the, uh, the way that trick works. And when I say a trick, I don't mean that it's hokey or bad or false or wrong. It's faking it till you make it works. You should do it is that you have gratitude, you, you tell yourself, uh, and ways we can do it in meditation is that you can have gratitude about gratitude, the concept of gratitude, you, you can keep repeating yourself, gratitude is a great attitude, a great attitude is gratitude, and you keep repeating that to yourself until you feel it. And that alone is not such a powerful technique, it is, branding is a powerful technique, you can see people who have branded themselves into jobs, they've branded themselves into lifestyles, it's actually a very powerful psychological technique if you implied uh, consistently. But when we add these Western techniques to the Eastern techniques of the Buddhist spinning the clouds and other ones I'll show you, then we have a very powerful program to hack your brain and to affect your emotions. So I hope you're very excited about that. That's where we're going is we're going to be hacking our brains with both the West side, the West meditation, and the Eastern meditation to have gratitude and to have enthusiasm for the divine concepts and to feel the good, to feel the good concept. And that's the last concept we'll talk about today, is the good. This is Plato's uh, opus. This is Plato's most important concept, the most important thing he ever wrote about, both figuratively and literally, is the good, the concept of goodness, the concept of positivity, of that feeling of positivity, the concept of positivity, Feel it. Consider it. it. It's the good. It is, feels positive. It is positive. It is the better still or the better yet. When we're planning what to do, and I say, let's go eat here. And you're like, I, I, no, we can't eat here. Melissa has a gluten allergy. I know. Better yet, let's eat here. Or better still, let's do this. Whenever you feel that positivity when someone says better yet or better still, that is just a tiny little glimpse of what the good is as a concept. It was central to Plato's philosophy. Sadly, it hasn't been studied very much more since then. It got subsumed and changed and manipulated into other things. And we're not doing those other things. We're looking at the pure product of positivity, the pure product of the good, of how permanent universal it is. The good is a permanent universal concept 
The good is permanent and universal. The good feels good, and it's good in your life. It's good for everyone. It's good right now for you. That's the final concept that we're going to talk about today, and it's the most important concept. It couldn't be any less important. There's no concept that could be more important than the most important. Because the good is also value. There's nothing more valuable than capital B, value. There's nothing gooder than capital G, good, the good. And those are the concepts that we're going to orient our soul towards, the divine concepts. Again, no religious denomination whatsoever. The concept of the good is is the divine concept we're going to be focusing on that's going to bring so much soulfulness and so much value to your life that it's one of the main instruments and one of the most powerful tools that the human species has always used to hack their brain. And I'm so excited to show you how this is going to work in future courses. So your homework for today is to keep practicing the Buddhist meditation, but also contemplate the good, feel the good, think about you're excited for today, you're pumped for today, you're pumped for the good, you're pumped to learn more about it. Try to make yourself pumped about everything, if at all possible, if you're feeling nervous. Keep faking it till you make it. Keep saying, I'm pumped for this, I'm pumped for that. And if you can't, if that feels false and you can't make yourself believe it, then be excited for excitement. Be excited for the good. Be enthused about the good. Feel gratitude about the concept of gratitude. Even if you can't feel gratitude, you feel too salty, you feel too negative, things are just, oh, just not good, pessimistic. Everybody gets in that funk. I do. I suffer from clinical anxiety and depression. Trust me, I fully, fully understand. These are secrets and ways to move around it and trick it, to trick that, that beast, to fight that, to fight with it. And feeling gratitude about gratitude, just telling yourself that gratitude is great attitude, that's a statement. It has nothing to do with you. Gratitude is a great attitude. A great attitude is gratitude. And feel it until you start feeling positive about it, and you might actually start feeling gratitude and contemplating the good and how good it is and how positive it is and how important it is, how valuable it is. Just the constant of value and goodness. Feel the good. Don't just contemplate it. Feel how good it is. And practicing the Buddhist meditation, even at the same time, if if you can start mastering that, and you're well on your way to hacking your brain. So thanks for watching for today. Please remember to like and subscribe somewhere down here. I always forget where it is, but please remember to like and uh, subscribe. Uh, somewhere down here, it'd be, it's either over here to like and subscribe or over here to like and subscribe. Please remember to like and subscribe. That'd be a very good thing. Thank you very much. Uh, and good luck in your lessons and we'll see you next time.